Hey everyone, I'm Claude Silver and I am an emotional optimist. For me, there's absolutely no false or toxic positivity in emotional optimism. It is simply an awareness that we have the capacity to influence how we feel and how we think. And that even in our darkest times, we know that the light is actually always there. I wanna thank you so much for your time and energy listening to the Emotional Optimism Podcast. I hope it brings you joy in skipping your step every single time you listen. Today, I'm so excited for this podcast. Um, yeah, so I remember kind of the first meeting that we had, I think it was with you, Claude, where you kind of said, you know, I'm the chief part, part, officer, chief part officer, and I think that's when everyone realized, like, you know, this is not your average company, as Katie was saying, but so with that in mind, you said that your main goal was kind of, you know, creating that company um, empathy that everyone would kind of have for each other, so how would you like kind of go about doing that as far as your day-to-day? Yeah, that's a great question, Michael. Also, can you tell me as you introduce yourself what you work on? Yeah, so I'm a media buying resident for the Scots team. Okay, terrific. Thanks. Um, so, you know, Michael, have you ever thought about this? Like, th- think about this for a second. Your energy, my energy, Kevin's energy, Thomas's energy, Madeline's energy introduces you before you even open your mouth. Yeah, 100%. Right? Right there, that's the first interaction someone has with you. Your energy, your facial expression for sure. And what is the energy that you're putting out there? Is the energy open? Is the energy closed? Is the energy pissed off? Is the energy kind? Is it humorous? Is it collaborative? Right there, that is, that is the moment, right then and there. That's how you start off your day, your meeting, this meeting, that meeting. And that's how people are going to engage with you because, and, and for those of you in, in orientations, you know, heard me talk about this. The way, the way you see someone is the way you will treat them. And the way you treat them is what they become. So if I see you with a very kind face, like I'm gonna treat you well. And you, and by the way, other people are gonna pick up on that as well. So that is kind of like the first, that's, the, that's how you open the door. And then I mentioned already, you know, being the bigger person in different situations or trying to be the bigger person. And, and you know what that really means is that it's the equivalent of holding the door open for someone. It's the equivalent for like helping someone with their bags walk up a three-floor flight of stairs. It's the equivalent of saying, how are you today? It's the equivalent of saying, thank you. All of that, you're pouring good energy into others and you're pouring good energy into the world, quite frankly. So, you know, empathy is um, uh, an emotion. The way empathy is manifested, the action of empathy is kindness and compassion, which everyone has, really. And so that's how you start to showcase your empathy with your actions, kindness and compassion. How are you? How can I help you? Accountability. I know this was due yesterday. Not my dog ate the homework. I really struggled with that formula and I didn't reach out to anyone. And so I'm not going to get this in until tomorrow. Whatever. Okay. Once you take accountability, by the way, it diffuses the bomb. Up until that minute where you say like, 
mea culpa, that's on me, I'm so sorry, whatever. You get all this anxiety in you, which raises your cortisol levels. And when your cortisol levels are up, you can't perform as, as high as you'd like. So like, do yourself a favor and do what you can in life to reduce your anxiety. That was just a side PSA. Thanks, Michael. Hey, Nick. Hi, thanks, thanks so much for, for taking the time to talk to us, Claude. Um, yeah, I'm loving them. Like, I feel like we're asking very philosophical questions and, and I love it. Um, yeah, I'm really interested in how, you know, your superpower is something that's so natural, so innate within you. And I feel like, you know, people often think of their skills as, you know, what they put on their resume. Um, when, when you sort of have that moment where you realize that you know, your superpower is something so natural, like you're so subtle, your, your sensibilities, your humor, your energy, do you think that it's something that will shine through naturally or do you have to put an effort to communicate that? It seems like it just came so naturally to you and, you know, so many opportunities came. Um, do you think that people need to play a more active role in that? Such, that's such a, a great question. Uh, I've never been asked that question. So my, my initial answer as you were uh, speaking was, no, just be you, just show up as you. I recognize that the world has changed in many ways. And so there is the you on screen. I'm not picking on Nick. I'm just saying the you on screen. There's the you on social media. And then there's the you in real life when you're with your boys. And so which is the you, which is the real you? And that's the you that I think I would say just naturally be because people will gravitate towards that. So, and, and here's like a tiny bit more background, which Katie knows. I'm wildly dyslexic. I took the SATs three times on time. My highest score was a 1050, which is why I got into one place on the waiting list. Uh, I've been tutored since I was seven. And so my chip on my shoulder that you wouldn't have seen, or you would have noticed in a different way, I would never, you wouldn't hear it uh, outright, was that I was dumb for a very long time. Until I was like 35, I thought I was dumb. It's a very long time to go not feeling great about yourself. So word to the wise. Um, and so what baffled me, and I think what keeps me, um, and I, I say this, and I'm, what keeps me humble, and to say even that makes me not humble, but I, I, I really mean it, is that it's all a surprise to me. It's all been a surprise to me. The fact that people wanted my advice at a young age was all a surprise to me because remember what I was thinking about myself. The only thing I knew was I was a really good friend to people and I, and I really care about people. And I was always gonna go the distance with people. And that ended up manifesting into, oh yeah, I care about people. And I, you know, I, my Nana, who I, I talk about sometimes, who died four years ago at 101, was like the biggest empath I've ever known. And I think I really started to model my behavior around hers. I loved it so much. She made people feel good. We would leave uh, Trader Joe's, is what I tell a lot, because I took her to Trader Joe's a lot. Um, and we would be leaving, uh, and she'd you know, get her ATM back or, or whatever, credit card back or her cash back. And, you know, she'd look up at the, at, at the, at the uh, cashier and she'd say, Nick? And you'd look down at her and you'd say, yeah. 
And she'd say, would you do me a favor and have a peaceful day? I mean, what else is there? So in that, be yourself, show up as you. I guarantee, I guarantee you, if you are with other heart-based people, if you're with people that want to change this world and revolutionize the way we work or bring whatever goodness it is to this universe and to create places where people feel noticed and loved in this world and conjugate that into any way you all want to, just keep showing up as you because that will get recognized. So I'll put a pin in that for now. It's a great Thanks question. so much, Claude. Thanks, Nick. Thank you, and hi, Claude. So happy to have you here with us today. I'm Lupe, the formerly member of the last resident gathering. I'm not a fellow tourist. <laughs> yes, I remember. Um, <laughs> I absolutely am in awe and resonate with absolutely everything you've said. Thank you. I also am an empath, did not realize that because I was always taught and conditioned to think that being sensitive was the bad thing, yeah. but it's not, it's a superpower. And you remind me that of that today. Um, I, when you mentioned about shining, you talked about like what makes you shine. And for me, it's astrology. And I always bring it up in conversations because at the core, it's my favorite way to understand others, see how they think, how they feel. It's helped me understand myself a lot more. Um, so I'd say like, as you were speaking, I'm like, oh, it's not like, for me, it's astrology personally. And it's so fun to see how it's come into the ad space and how that's growing, um, which leads me to like my, I have two questions. My first one being, since we're on the topic of like learning and learning about others, how would you say is your learning style and how would you, how did you find it best? Yeah. Uh, so I'm an experiential learner, which means I learn by doing, and I found that by failing in many other ways. So, you know, reading and retaining and then going into class was was a challenge for me. Um, you know, the only way I really actually did finally like pass algebra or can do mathematical equations isn't on a calculator. I have to write them down. I mean, of course I can do percentages on a calculator. So I have to write in order to retain. I have to hit tennis balls in order to hit tennis balls. You know, I have to be with people in order to be with people. So that's my way of learning. There's tons of other people in this world that are book learners, that have photographic memories, that are very auditory, uh, whatever it is. So, uh, but I learned uh, finally when I went to Outward Bound. That is the first time I learned, oh yeah, I, I have a very alternative way of learning and it's experiential. I need to know what it's like to fall on my ass in order to pick myself up and hopefully not fall on my ass the next time. Hi, Claude. Hi. So good to hear you um, speaking today. Um, I just have a question for you. So I know that you're a big empath and I am as well, but one thing that I really struggled growing up with was confrontation. I just wanted to know, like, how do you deal with confrontation and, you know, dealing with tough situations uh, with people especially? Yeah, great question, Joyce. Um, yeah, I was never really good with confrontation either until I realized that very little has to do with me. When someone is like confronting you or the way in which they're confronting you, all of that stuff, like remember that you can only own your, ver your part of the 
story. And what anyone else is saying is coming from them and their own psychology. Now, if you've done something wrong, and when I mean wrong, I mean hurtful to someone. I don't mean, look, we all make, we all make mistakes and you all are, are gambling with a lot of zeros. So your mistakes uh, uh, on a Facebook spend could be um, costly. But, you know, when, when someone is pointing something out, like the way in which they're pointing it out should really be, and I, I will say should, you know, kind and compassionate and as a human to human. So one of the things that I, I would suggest is, you know, as they're talking to you, and if you notice some, some uh, fictitious fable stories coming up in your head about you or like why you're so bad or why you're so terrible or whatever they're saying, remember, like try to just like remember for a second, this is all about them. And if you need to shield yourself really quickly, a real great way to do that energetically, and bear with me for a second for, for uh, anyone that might think I'm, I'm hokey, but you know, you put up like imaginary, put up like a big piece of tin foil, put up a big mirror, because it's reflective and that energy goes back to them. So that's a, that's a whole nother story we can talk about offline. But, um, you know, remember that people are coming to you and coming to a conversation and coming to a meeting and coming to work and coming to brunch and coming here and coming up with their own baggage and everyone's got something. So, you know, I, I, I it's a longer conversation, I think, to kind of like double click into what do you mean confrontation and what, like, what does that actually mean to you? Um, but do remember that people come to, as I, as I was mentioning to Michael, you know, your energy introduces you first. People come to that confrontation with their own energy. Give their energy back to them. Take the gift. If there's a gift in what they're trying to tell you, take it. You know, it might be useful. But uh, I would only try to take the objective things, not the subjective things. To be able to like be there for others, you also have to be there for yourself mm -hmm. and, and protect your peace. Um, so I was curious how you do that in, in terms to come to both your job and also just to be fully empathetic and there for people as well. Yeah, I was 18 years old and I was walking down the street um, in Winter Park, Florida, where Rollins College is. And I was a real, like I was a messed up person. I was a big partier. Like I said, I barely got into the school. And I was walking down the street with my roommate. And, you know, we're at, what do you want to do? What do you want to major in? Whatever. And I said, look, I want to be a psychotherapist. I want to be a therapist. And, and you know, I want to help people. And she looked down. She's like five foot eight, right? I'm five three on a good day. And she looked down at me and she said, you can't help anyone until you help yourself. And I mean, I remember that. I remember that exact moment. And it was like, ugh, I hated her in that moment. Uh, and she was right. And I had to spend, and I chose to spend an enormous amount of time figuring out what that meant and figuring out the ways in which uh, I didn't like myself and why I chose to treat myself poorly and all of that. So if we go back to self-awareness, as Gary was talking about, like, you know, when he was saying the other day, like, look, we want you to take care of yourself, but we as an organization as Katie, as Claude, can only do so much. We have no control over you, who you, we have no control over you. And so you must know yourself, you must know your limits, you must know, even if you don't know like, oh, I am burnt out, you want to try to find out what the feeling is. I am sad, I am depressed, I am tired, I am happy. 
I'm joyful, I'm curious, I'm whatever. And figure out, you know, even if you have to simplify this in such a like simple way of like going on Google and like downloading like the X amount of emotions that a person has to start to identify what am I feeling? I mean, I had to do that. I didn't know, I didn't know my head from you know what for a very long time. You know, I had pushed all of that aside, um, trying to be there for other people, right? Because that also was, was, you know, what got me friends and all of that stuff when I was in high school or whatever, junior high. Um, so, you know, knowing yourself is, a, is an endless journey, but the journey should start like yesterday. Not should, the journey, you want the journey to start yesterday. And if it's not yesterday, then please start it today. Hey, Claude. Super happy to have you here. Hi. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually also super into spirituality. Um, and one of the things that I've been recently interested in is um, looking into change and awareness, because I feel like that really brings the most profound form of change. Um, so I wanted to ask, like, apart from the wilderness retreat, what were some other experiences that really um, was able to give you a different point of view? just in, in life in general. Yeah. Um, so I studied, when those years that I wasn't in college, I studied uh, deep like uh, clairvoyancy and intuition and chakra healing and chakra cleaning. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm laughing because I know that might sound funny. Um, I went to many an ashram to study some of the teachings of you know, some great uh, Hindu gurus, if you will, like Baba Muktananda and uh, some other ones. Uh, I studied a lot of Buddhism. I, you know, went on these like 24-hour chants. Um, I really just tried to learn as much as I could about religion and spirituality. And, you know, for me, I think, again, as, as a, someone that loves humans and as an optimist also, like I really do my best to see everyone as equal. Obviously we come from different places. Obviously we all look differently, but as you know, we, we are in this existence together and we all know pain and we all know loss and we all know happiness. And I hope we all get to know joy. And so again, I'm simplifying this quite a bit, but um, I like seeing, I like thinking about us as each having very similar existences in this world. I like that. I think to me, it brings us closer. So uh, another thing I would, I really recommend reading is like a lot of Joseph Campbell. Thanks, Madeline. Uh, Joseph Campbell, um, his work and Carl Jung's work. And there's just some great, there's some great, you know, Abraham Maslow. There's just some great bodies of work out there that help explain who we are and why we do the things that we do. And, you know, dream analysis, all kinds of fun stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like there's so much information out there and, and, uh, I'm happy to, you know, send some thoughts or podcasts or, or book ideas your way. There's so much to learn in this world. I, I often say like, if I had three months off, I would go sit in the Louvre in Paris literally for three months every single day for eight hours a day studying each and every painting. And I wouldn't even get through it. <laughs> yeah, thank you all so much. This has been a real, real privilege to talk to you today. 